Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Last week, President Joe Biden visited officials from Saudi Arabia, including Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, commonly known as MBS. And while climate change and energy weren't the main topics during his meetings, the White House has been trying to get Saudi Arabia and its Middle Eastern neighbors to do more in the fight against climate change. That strategy, though, faces skepticism from environmentalists, who say big oil-producing countries in the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, aren't actually interested in combating climate change, but are more interested in greenwashing. But as Politico's Zach Coleman reports, the White House does have a response, even if you don't like it. Keeping them outside the conversation is no way to clean up their environmental performance. That's the tack that the Biden administration is taking, and you can quibble with that, but that is their viewpoint. Today, we check in with Zach about the Biden administration's public and private diplomatic approach and why Saudi Arabia and its Middle Eastern neighbors are so important when it comes to climate change. It's Wednesday, July 20th. So, Zach, President Joe Biden just finished up his visit to Saudi Arabia last week. We know that the White House has been trying to get Saudi Arabia to join the fight against climate change. You've done some really interesting reporting on that. So what's the strategy there? Yeah, it's hard to really convince Saudi Arabia to do something it doesn't want to do. It has a lot of oil. It has a lot of wealth. But what President Biden and his climate envoy, John Kerry, are trying to do is essentially make Saudi Arabia jealous. I mean, there is this kind of competition in the Persian Gulf to be seen as the progressive on climate. And while I don't think anyone is really going to view any of these oil producing nations as truly progressive on climate, there is a jockeying for who is using their wealth in a way that is conducive to greening a global economy. And you see MBS for all his many faults, he is at least thinking about how to diversify Saudi Arabia's economy so that they're not so dependent on oil long term. I think the goal there is really to export a lot of their oil and then diversify their own economy and even their own domestic energy away from oil. But I think there's really a strategy here from the Biden administration to essentially get the UAE and Qatar, which are Saudi Arabia's Gulf neighbors, to lean into their progressive climate instincts and to basically pat them on the back for using their sovereign wealth funds and their largesse to green their economies and green their hydrocarbon industries and try to basically subtly push Saudi Arabia to do the same. Interesting. And why is the Middle East, both Saudi Arabia and UAE and, and Qatar, I mean, why are they important in the fight against climate change? Why is it important that they're more involved? So two reasons. One, it's hydrocarbons, fossil fuels and oil and natural gas. And then two, they have a lot of money. So let me break it down. On the first, oil and gas. I mean, Qatar is now going to be one of the biggest suppliers of natural gas in the world for a long time. I mean, you look at Europe, their strategy to this point had been, let's get gas from Qatar and from Russia. Now, 
Europe is not going to be getting gas from Russia. So you've seen Qatar ink a bunch of deals with a lot of major oil producers like Exxon and Conoco to expand LNG. So if they're going to continue to produce gas, then you want them to produce it in the cleanest way possible. So there's a lot of interest there in carbon capture, in clean hydrogen. Same goes for UAE. I mean, they're going to be a major oil and gas producer for years to come. In Saudi Arabia, the same. They have made it very clear they want to be the last people on this planet pumping oil because that is what their economy rolls on right now. And to do that in a increasingly green world, they're going to have to invest in technologies that make fossil fuel production and burning cleaner. So that's one aspect here. The other aspect is money. They have a lot of it in these countries, and a lot of it comes from that oil and gas production. But the sovereign wealth funds that these countries have access to that can be used to finance green technology, finance loans, finance any number of projects that can then earn a return for those wealth funds. John Kerry is trying to get those countries to use it for these clean transitions because we know that public money alone is not going to do the job, but we certainly need more of it in play right now. And to this point, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and the UAE have thought of themselves as the potential recipients of climate finance because they are viewed as a developing country in this kind of old developed versus developing construct that the UNFCCC, the United Nations Framework on Climate Change, has put out there. And we need to shift to a different paradigm. There's just too much money that needs to go into the climate change and green energy transition. And there's a lot of money that these Gulf countries have that they could bring to bear. Right. And so you report that climate envoy John Kerry's team is focused on persuading the rulers of UAE and and Qatar as part of this strategy to kind of box in Saudi Arabia to commit more money to financing green energy projects in poor nations. And those countries haven't joined the rich country pledge to contribute $100 in finance to help developing countries deal with climate change. So we know if those efforts have been successful at all. And was there any movement after the president's trip to Saudi Arabia, either specifically or more broadly? I think it's a little too early to tell just yet whether the Biden administration is going to be able to convince Qatar or UAE to become donors to this green climate push. But what we're really looking at here is will there be any commitment in the run-up to or at COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt? It is in Qatar and in UAE in Saudi Arabia's backyard. UAE does host COP. 28 in 2023. So there is a play towards the UAE saying you face reputational risk by not providing finance and you should really consider that. So whether it comes before 2023 or not is a question. There's also a post-2025 finance goal that a lot of rich nations are starting to work on now and trying to get together. So maybe UAE and Qatar become part of that post-2025 target and become contributors to that target. We'll have to wait and see, though. Also, Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg on Tuesday defended the administration's goals for electric vehicle adoption against Republican skepticism. At a House transportation hearing, Representative Tom Massey of Kentucky and Buttigieg disagreed about whether the electric grid would be ready fast enough as electric vehicle use expands rapidly. 
For context, President Joe Biden has set goals of 50% of new vehicle sales being electric by 2030, and that the entire federal government fleet becomes electric by 2035. Those goals will require major upgrades to the electric grid. Buttigieg noted during the hearing that the bipartisan infrastructure law passed last year committed resources to upgrading electrical infrastructure, and that DOT is working with the Department of Energy and truck stop operators to ensure that charging stations have their power needs met. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.